Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We have been discussing our divine nature in Christ. And one of the things that I began to realize is that we need another revelation with that. And maybe a more foundational revelation, which is what I want to take up over the next maybe week, two weeks, I don't know. Let's see how the Lord leads. John chapter 1, it says here, beginning in verse 10 and through to verse 12, says, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. That's a sad statement, isn't it? He was in the world that He made. The Creator was here, and nobody knew. Alright? Verse 11 gets even sadder. It says, He came to His own... And his own did not receive him. So not only was he in the world that he created and was unknown, he came to his own people. Remember the people that he had set up with all the rituals and everything that would speak of his coming, of his arrival, of what he was coming to do. You know, when you look at all the Old Testament rituals and so on and so forth, it was all about him. When they talked about, you know, sacrificing a lamb, and they said, make sure that it didn't have any faults in the thing, it was so that they got the picture that the lamb of God, when he turned up, would be perfect. There would be no fault in him. And as much as the religious leaders tried to find fault in him, they couldn't. They accused him of stuff, but it was all about their laws. Do you understand? And so, you know, it was very sad when it says here that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. It shows you that the religious people, they had no idea that this was the Lamb of God. Even though the forerunner, remember John? Who knows John the Baptist? Wild man, wild man. Anyway, (laughs) you know, even though John the Baptist would say, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Even though he would say that, they would still not listen, they would still not hear. And it's really sad. And so he comes down here. Jesus came on a mission. Do you know what that mission was? It was stated in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Remember when man fell and Jesus said, basically said, I'll be back. He said, there's one going to come that you bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Amen. And ever since then, it was on. <laughs> okay? That was, a, that was lit. War was declared. Amen. And now, Jesus is coming to fulfill that promise. What happened at the beginning? God created man in His own image and His likeness. We were all His offspring. Can I say that? Okay? And... Because of the fall, we lost our relationship with God. We lost our position. We fell. That's what the fall is all about. Have you ever wondered what we fell from? People go, what did you fall from? (laughs) You say we fell. Where? (laughs) Okay. We fell in our position. We went from being just under God to under the devil. Do you hear me? And because we fell below angels... They were meant to serve us. 
probably worked together, but more to serve us. <laughs> okay? We fell under them, and because we fell under them, now we were in a place, because Lucifer is an angel, Lucifer is not a god. There is no equality in good and evil. Get that idea out of your mind. That's Eastern religion stuff. Okay, you know when they have those little circles, and they got one white and one... Okay, if anything, it's all white with a teeny bitty tiny black spot. And that black spot isn't all over the place. It has to move. Only God is omnipresent. The devil isn't. You're here. He's an angel. So when we fell, we fell under that. And because we fell under him, he wasn't designed to be a God. Follow me now, please. Okay, he wasn't designed to be a God. He doesn't know how to look after God's offspring. That's why Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't come to create. He doesn't come to bless. Do you hear what I'm saying? So whenever you are under Him, you're not getting anything good. Which is the reason why God wants all of us back in His kingdom. Back in His family. Because the one that is looking after, or is lording it over mankind, doesn't know how. All He can do is bring destruction into your life. And lead you astray. We saw that in Genesis. And all through the Bible really. Amen. And I want you to notice here. Because we were in such a bad position. Watch what it goes on to say. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. Which is really sad. Because this was meant to work together. Jesus was meant to come down here. They were meant to go. Oh our Messiah. Finally. <laughs> okay. Instead of that it's like. Who is he? What is he? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, really? Really? So look what happens next. Verse 12. This is for all of us. This is good news for us. Okay? He says, But as many as received Him, as many as received Him. It didn't say as many Jews. Hallelujah! It didn't even say as many good people. Amen. It says as many as received Him. To them... He gave the right, and the uh, New Revised Standard Version also says the power. He gave them the right and the power to become children of God. To those who believe in His name. Isn't that incredible? What is that all about? We get reinstated. Listen to me. The Son of God came down as the Son of Man... So that the sons of men could go back to being the sons of God. Do you want me to say that again? The Son of God came down as the Son of Man. Yes, He was God, but you know, He said, in the incident with the paralytic, when the religious leaders were having a fit because a man had been lowered to be here. Remember the four friends? pick up little guy on the bed, drop him through a roof. I mean, they dug a hole in the roof and dropped him down. Okay, they dug a hole in the roof, by the way. You know, they didn't have stuff like we do. They used to put a um, clay over the top of the roof to stop the rain from coming in. Anyway, so they, they would do that. And so, for them to come to the roof, they actually had to dig. Can you imagine I'm preaching and, you know, everybody, you can hear a racket up on the roof. And you're thinking, okay, that's not good. Should we be worried? Okay, I mean, somebody is messing with the roof. 
It's loud. There's debris starting to fall. You know, people have stopped listening to what I'm preaching and they're all kind of looking up. Anyway, that's not the story for today. <laughs> when he lowers the paralytic, it's very interesting. Jesus turns around and says, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leader, oh, he didn't just say that. And Jesus perceives their thought. And he know, I almost think Jesus set it up. But he perceives their thoughts. And he can hear them going, how dare he say your sins are forgiven you? How dare he say that? Because only, the only person that can say your sins are forgiven you is the one that was sinned against. It's like you did something, you know, to Sister Vandana over there. And then you come and say, and then I say, I say to you, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. It may not be okay with her. Hello? <laughs> Do you understand? Okay, where they're coming from? And he's like, who but God can forgive sins was the thought. And they answered their own question and they missed it. Anyway, but, but then he does something very unusual. He says, so that you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He says, I'm going to show you that this is true by telling the guy to pick up his bed and go home. You can't see the forgiveness, but you can see the healing that follows the forgiveness. Alright? And so, we'll do that story one day, okay? We'll get to that. There's a lot of revelation there. But I want to pick something out of that. He says that, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. He came claiming to be the Son of Man. A perfect human being. The second Adam. Do you hear me? Because the first one messed up. So another one had to come. And there was the problem. How, you can't make another one out of the earth because the earth is cursed. Have you ever wondered why God didn't go, let's make another one. Man, you know, there's a lot of dirt. That one messed up. <laughs> because the moment that man fell, the curse came on all of creation, including this planet. That's why we have earthquakes and everything else. So God couldn't take cursed dust, listen now, and make another one. Because the thing is cursed. So how to get... Another perfect man into the earth. Virgin birth. God would have a child, so to speak. Not in a crude way. Alright, in ways that we can't understand. And she was a virgin after she gave birth. God wasn't going to give Mary back to Joseph second hand. Can I say it like that? Y'all get what I'm saying? Okay, black man don't have to say anything more? Alright, okay. So <laughs> Alright, okay. Yeah, that, that's because that would have been unfair. Do you understand? Joseph's like, oh gee, thanks a lot, God. You know, you all talk about purity and then, yeah. Oh, okay. No, man, when he gave Mary back to Joseph, she was still a virgin, which was the miracle. It amazes me that people can't believe that that's possible when the woman got pregnant without a man. Oh yeah, that's possible, but oh, she couldn't be a virgin after she gave birth. Why? How can you have birth without a man to begin with? Before test tubes. <laughs> okay? You know what I'm trying to say? Again, you know, we do this thing. We, we, we only allow the miracles that we can manage in our mind. When it's a miracle, it's a miracle beginning to end. Don't stop in the middle. Amen? So anyway, 
Boy, I'm going all over the place. Let's get back to... I want to show you something. But So a perfect man came back. The reason is... And only a perfect man could take back what a perfect man gave. But that wasn't the mission. That wasn't the only thing. Not only did a perfect man need to come and reclaim what was lost so that we regained our position following the fall. Do you understand? We go back to there. All right? But it took His sacrifice and a payment on a cross to reinstate us. All right? That's why we need to have faith in Him because when we have faith in Him, then His sacrifice becomes ours. We are buried with Christ. And raised together with Him. Do you understand? That's the reason why some people like to be water baptized. For that reason. Okay? Just for the reason of going, Okay, I am dying to myself. And I'm raised up with Christ into God's family. I told you, you know, if you have water baptism with that idea, that's good. And that's what it's there for. But if you think water baptism is going to save you, well... You need a few more Bible classes. <laughs> okay? Somewhere we missed something. <laughs> Do you understand? Amen? Yes, I've been water baptized. Okay, I, I got sprinkled and dunked and everything else. Anyway, but you know, getting wet didn't mean anything. It was simply a symbol. And if we understand the symbolism, then we'll understand what it was there for. Okay, let's move on. That's not the sermon again. Back to this. So... We were talking about our divine nature in Christ. We can't have that divine nature unless we fully receive and accept the fact that we are God's kids. We need to get that revelation first. Because that's the revelation that is going to help you overcome whatever it is the enemy is throwing at you. Do you understand? If you don't have that revelation, then it will be a matter of you against the devil, so to speak. Not God against the devil. Remember the, the, the spies in Numbers 13? Remember 10 of them? And they were not just spies. They were rulers. They were leaders. They picked one leader from each of the tribes to go and check out the land. Ten, 12 leaders went out. 10 came back with what they call an evil report. Because they compared themselves to the giant. While two compared God to the giants. Okay, so 10 said, oh, we can't do it. The other said, we're more than able. You know why? Because they had God on their mind. Didn't God just defeat the Egyptians? Didn't he open up the Red Sea? Didn't they walk right through it? Wasn't there a fire by night, cloud by day? I mean, what else do you want? And then you come to giants and go, oh, we can't do it. You never did. Did anybody fight the Egyptians? Did one guy go, okay, I'll take him on. No, you all ran. (laughs) Okay? And now you come to John's and you're still running. Be careful that you don't forget the things that God has done in your life when you are looking to Him for the next thing. Because what happens is we forget what God has done and suddenly we are now assessing, can we do this or can't we? No, (laughs) you probably can't. Some things you can. But you know, those things that you need God for, you can't, obviously. And you need to know that He'll look after it. That's faith. Amen? So, let's get back to this again. 
It goes and says in verse 13. So again it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right and the power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born uh, not of blood. Okay, that's talking about natural birth, and this is like, you know, Jewish blood, and you, you understand? Okay? Nor of the will of the flesh, which means, you know, people going, woo, let's have a baby, all right? Or, you know, accidents, hello, okay? Nor the will of man, okay? Which means, you know, how you plan to have a family, okay? So this has nothing to do with people, in other words. It has everything to do with God. That's the reason why every single one of us have to make a decision for ourselves, Amen? We need to decide for ourselves that we want to be God's child. And when we make that decision, we become His child. You know what's interesting is, my dad and I are both God's child. I'm not God's grandchild. Do you understand? I am God's child. We both have the same relationship with God. By the way, so does my wife. She doesn't have a relationship under me and then God. See, we've missed the term sons of God. Fallen man that got saved, that's still fallen in their brain, they go, well, see, it says sons of God, not daughters, you understand? So, you know, all the women have to be submissive and stay under and blah, blah, blah. Read the Bible. Not the King James, not the English. Read the Bible. The one that was originally written. And you'll begin to see that none of that stuff that we made doctrines out of It doesn't exist. Do you know the thing that, if ever you see those phrases, it's to do with peace. It's to do with don't have conflict. It's to do with be submissive because you're in a situation and in a culture, okay, that if you exercise your rights and authority like the Bible says you have, you might run into some problems within your culture. So, rather than have a mess on your hands, it says, you know what? Just be willing to submit and allow God to do the miracle. And when the time comes, that person hopefully will have a renewed mind and understand that both of you are sons of God. Do you know why you're all called the sons of God? Do you know why there isn't daughters of God, so to speak? Because we're in Christ. And Christ is God's Son. In Christ, we're all sons of God. You don't get a lesser blessing because you're a woman. Did you get that? If you're in Christ, He isn't God's daughter. Do you get me? Okay. In Christ means that you are in Christ. You are in the Son. And if you're in the Son, then you are a son as far as God's concerned. God doesn't have little princesses running around in tutus in the kingdom. I know people think that, but it, it ain't there. That's some fallen man thinking, carnal, Christian, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, soapbox time. Sickens me when I hear that. Do you know why? Because you can't have a little princess standing there when the devil's attacking with his full armor. I'm a princess. Oh, you are going down, sweetheart. I'm sorry, but you are dying. That's the end of you. You can't fight like that. You're here. You stand there and you know what? You're in the sun. You know who the son is? The lion of the tribe of Judah. When you stand there, you go, try it, just try it. I'll get to my message in a minute. <laughs> you know. You know this idea 
of being lesser because you're a woman and blah, blah, blah. Do you know why that was perpetrated? Because all God's angels are male. There are no female angels. But I saw that. No, that was a lie. Okay? They're all male. They're all male. So who do you think started that in order to get at least half the population under his thumb? Get it? To fight Satan. To fight this being. Who is a he, by the way. You need another he. A bigger he. You know who that bigger he is? Christ. The anointed one. Amen. When you are in Christ, you are God's son. That's who comes up against this creature. Do you understand? And when you stand in that place, it is God looking at you going, This is my child. Do not touch. You know how it puts it in the Bible? Don't touch my anointed. Better not mess with it. Because you touch him, you won't have a hand. <laughs> Something going to get cut off. I'm not kidding. You know, God is just like that. Look at the way he dealt with all those armies that came up against Israel. And they were his servants that went astray every second they got a chance. And now you are his, not servants, children. Amen? What do you think daddy will do if somebody messed with his kids? If he's so strict about anybody messing with his servants, they get jumped on. What do you think happens if they mess with somebody in, in the family? You won't find them anymore. They disappeared. Mysteriously. <laughs> Hello. Amen. <laughs> you getting this? Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Let's begin reading in verse 26. It says, For you are all, talking about men and women, sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Do you understand now the term sons of God? Amen? All of you are. For as many of you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Not yourself, but Christ. Verse 28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ. You are all one in Christ. Which means that we form one body in Christ. There is no distinction. You see, when God first created Adam, He put all of Himself in there and then removed half of Himself out to make the woman. Did you know that? So, the woman wasn't made from leftover parts. And Adam didn't make the woman. By the way, God took a part of himself out of the initial Adam and made Eve. Did you hear what I'm saying? So both Adam and Eve were both in the image and the likeness of God. One had one thing, the other one had the other thing. This leads to all kinds of things. Now I don't know whether to get to it or not. You know what? Let me just deal with this for just a minute because I think it might help you. We'll close it off after this, and we'll come back next week and continue. All right? Promise on my Bible. All right. Anyways. <laughs> okay. All right. It's very interesting. We are now seeing, with the technology that we have in play, we can now see, for example, into the brain of man and woman. 
Alright? And it's very interesting that the male brain is different to the female brain. Did you know that? That the male brain has connections toward the back, more connections, the female brain has more connections toward the front. Okay? Interesting, isn't it? Remember God took one part and moved it. So one part has more of something, the other part has more of the other thing. And the people that are doing these studies said that they are brilliantly complementary. That only when they come together, that it forms a whole. The two shall become one. Do you understand? Amen? And that's the reason why you need both the male and the female in anything you do. If you have a very male organization, you've got a very back-of-the-head organization. If you have a very female organization, you have a very front-of-the-head organization. I'm just telling you, if you got them both, we're there. That's the reason why, you know, that's, this also tells us that, you know, this gender confusion thing. Do you know, no matter how many bits and pieces that you add and subtract from your physical state, your brain still identifies you as either male or female. Interesting, isn't it? So all these people that say, oh yeah, I know I was born this way, but it was always a woman inside. <laughs> That's junk, dude. That is absolute junk. Because science is showing us, <laughs> we look in your brain, oh no, that's a male. Regardless of what you might have in your brain going on and the confusion that you might have, it is still a fact. In your mind, in your structure, you're male or female, one or the other. Amen? So, you know, when God pulled us apart, He really pulled us apart. There was half of this and half of that. And when the two come back together, this is the reason why, in God's eyes, there's never been male or female. In Genesis 5 verse 2, He called their name Adam. Do you understand? It was Adam male and Adam female. Just like tiger male and tiger female. Do you hear me? We were the species of man. And that was male and female. And there was one less in that species than the other. Fallen thinking did that. Amen? And we know why now. Because the devil wants to rule over anything he can. But he needs to lie to us. And we need to believe that lie. Accept it. And then submit to it. And we won't do that. Can I get amen on that? We will not do that. When you, are, when you are in a fight with the devil, it's God in you. Your hope of glory. Do you understand? Ephesians chapter 2. Let me read in verses 4 through 7. And we will conclude there. The apostle Paul writes and says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love. Remember we were talking about this before? It's God's love... That is the foundation for everything. Remember again that neuroscience is finding that there are only two things that everything comes from. It's love or fear. Isn't that interesting? Everything you do is either motivated by love or fear. That's it. I don't care what it is. It's either one or the other. And that's the reason why it says in the Bible that perfect love casts out fear. It didn't say it casts out doubt. Because doubt is a fruit of fear. Fear is the key thing. Amen? I love when science catches up to the Bible. <laughs> Amen. So, he says here, But God who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, 
Because of his great love, I could preach on that. People are always saying, oh, God is out to get you. <laughs> Wrong Bible. He is rich in mercy. He's not poor in mercy. He's rich in it. Amen? All right, let's continue. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were messing up royally, he still loved us, which is the reason why he got us saved. You know, if he turned his back on everybody that was doing everything wrong, all of us would have been in trouble. We have to remember that He loved us while we were still messing up. Which is the reason why we're here today. Because He didn't turn His back on us. Amen? And it says here, Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, And raised us up together. Raised us up together. Reinstated us. Back to our original position. You getting this? And made us sit together. Watch in the heavenly places in Christ. That's your position now. Whatever fight that you're in right now, you need to look at it from that position. Not from down here, but from up there. Because when you're there, you begin to realize that whatever is coming against you is literally coming against God. Do you understand? And can I just say this? It's according to the power that works in us. Okay? We are on a journey right now, discovering what that is. If you are having some difficulty and problems, please don't be condemned. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Do you understand? I'm teaching you so that you can aspire to greater things. So you can keep pushing. You know, it's only as you keep pushing, you get there. Do you hear me? You know, when you start doing exercises, you can't do 100 push-ups to start with, or 100 sit-ups, or 100 anything. You know, after three, you're... <laughs> Somebody needs to get you Ventolin. Hello. And don't make a call when you're like that. Somebody might get the wrong idea. Hang up. There's a weirdo on the other side of the phone. <laughs> okay. And you called up so they could bring your Ventolin to you. <laughs> okay, anyway. So... <laughs> It is important that we work at this so that we do get stronger. Amen? And if you don't exercise something, it won't get stronger. That's why it says, exercise your faith. Exercise it. Keep at it. You know, today you might be only able to believe for a pair of socks. Give it time. There'll be cars and houses and all sorts of things coming after that. You just need to learn how to persist and apply yourself. Amen? And don't be moved by what you see. Only by what you believe. The walk of faith requires you to abandon your senses. You can't allow your senses to tell you that it's happening or it's not happening. You can't allow it. All your senses are is the thermometer just to say this is approximately where we are at the moment. That's it. It doesn't tell you, this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. Amen? You know, when we turn the heater on, the thermometer doesn't suddenly jump up to 24 degrees, if it was 11 degrees in here. No, all that's doing is saying, it's still cold in here, but the faith is active. Give it a while. It'll go up. Amen? Amen. I, I don't have time. I'm totally around out of time. Uh, <laughs> we'll pick this up next time and continue to talk about our position in the Lord, our position in Christ, and understand why we can walk in that divine nature. 
We need to have this revelation that now we are the sons, the daughters, do you understand? The sons of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah.